0: Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. It's the A team today. By the way, the the this this has been a special week for the podcast because we've been hanging out with each other, not together, but but Andrew Hahn has been with Jackie in LA um, going to bars and winning trivia contests, which I find (laughs) okay. Good clarity. Going to a bar and winning a trivia contest. Um, and McMahon and I have been on this Rockets uh, Golden State series, and um, I saw McMahon, Jackie, the other night uh, win a, a Papa Shot um,
1: I've heard about his legendary contest. Papa Shot um, abilities. I have heard about this. He's a bit of an urban legend in this regard. So I, say after I'm watching him, I think, th- I think if I could give a scouting report on him,
0: he kind of sometimes starts a little slow. And mm. his opponent—I don't know if it's a strategy—if his his opponent like he wants his opponent to relax a little bit, but he is just very, very steady. And as the as the the papa shot game wears on, he begins to overtake, and then eventually beats the other person in the submission.
1: I need to
2: ask it's you, this, a cojones factor.
1: Tim, do you <laughs> bank them in? Do you bank him in, Tim?
2: No, I now. And that that is a respectable strategy, but I go it I go is. more kind of the just wrist flick floater, and it's it's about volume more than uh, okay. field goal percentage.
1: Oh, it's very much like the Houston Rockets strategy.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Do you would you flay the flay your legs when you're shooting? Do you
2: jump uh, only if my the, opponent's in a groove and I feel like I need to you know do some shenanigans to distract?
0: Um. Yeah, Wendy
2: being a responsible journalist though left before my domination on the shuffleboard table.
0: <laughs> yeah, well I almost had Windy to take had to get uh, some sleep. I almost had to take our Nick Friedel to the ER because he was injured in an unfortunate <laughs> pool uh, pool oh, mishap. On. This you know we, we we we've been watching the um the Blazers game one of the Blazers Nuggets series and um we've been at the same place for quite some time and these gentlemen were playing pool behind game. us and and um, I don't know what happened, but um, this guy pulled back his pull-, pull cue and wrapped Nick in the head. And Nick, our man Nick, Nick went down. Yes.
1: Nick Friedle? What?
0: Our man Nick went down. Um, he, did he do it on this, purpose? The no, worst part about
2: no, it is. No, he didn't. It was an accident. No, but it was an accident, when it, when, but it, when a it happened, it. Nick thought I did it on purpose.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no respect wow. for McMahon. Well,
1: yeah. you see, our our our, our uh, bar time was much more civilized than this, people. We <laughs> simply, you know, Andrew the Han, because he's so smart, knew the answer to the trivia question, which was Elon Musk. We very quietly conveyed it to the woman in the bar, who had a very saucy um, way about her, including some profanity that was just alarming when it's, you know, because she was using a Whoa. microphone. Yes, and then she declared us the winners of a contest we weren't in, and then drinks all around by who was it again? Andrew the Han that wanted to buy us drinks. Andrew Turtle. DeHaan. Well, all right. Let's talk about basketball. This was all That's, fun. We the
0: other night. Not <laughs> surprising. Um, so, uh, but Jackie turned the drink down. That's what's most important. Um, well, just politely we have,
1: because you know whatever.
0: We have three one one series, um, but the series that everybody wants to see be competitive has not been yet um, that McMahon and I have been at, uh, Houston, um, Houston, uh, Golden State. Um, and McMahon, I'm struggling to know what the Rockets are going to be able to do other than just get James Harden playing like the MVP again. I don't know what counter move they can make because Golden State right now is playing at a very high level. I, I know that the games have been close. And I think if you're mm-hmm. a Rockets fan, you're taking that away, saying we get home, it will make a difference. But I'm not sure what can be done, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, and, and game two, honestly, I felt was kind of deceptively close. I thought the final score was a lot closer than, than the game. Uh, game one, we're not going to go back and rewind about refs, blah, 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 whatever. They lost the game. They're down 0-2. They've gotten precious little out of Clint Capella in this series. And, you know, Clint Capella, I respect him sitting up there saying, after they close out the Jazz, this is what I want. You know, I want the Warriors. Okay, you got what you want. You better come and play because Draymond is kicking his butt up and down right now. And if something's going to change, that's what has to change. They have to get Capella to be, you know, an active, energetic, long, rangey rebounding, shot blocking, finishing above the rim beast. If he's just a guy, this is a five-game series.
1: Yeah, Jackie, you know, um, I was going to say go I was ahead. on with McGrady yesterday on the jump, Tim, and he thinks that D'Antoni should pull Capella from the starting lineup and, uh, and and go. I know. I was like, that seems like a a dramatic um, conclusion, but uh, what he was saying was that you know he was like, I'd put I'd put Austin Rivers in the starting lineup and and just decide to go small, and I was like. Wow, that seemed a bit much. I mean, it seemed like you know, an overreaction I mean, to
2: me. But. You, you can, a, a two-game scan of plus-minus would say that's a smart move. A big-picture view where Capella is a huge piece of your core for, right. you know, the rest of James Harden's prime. To Yeah, you can't pull a plug on that. And, and really, like, do you think... Your small lineup is going to outplay the Hamptons five,
1: right? But they're, the numbers, they, like they, the numbers,
2: are, are stunning. Yeah. No, the numbers are startling. They're they're like absolutely net rating. But it's like, like
1: it's just like negative thirty one point three. That's their net rating. Yeah, it's
2: like though after you know two games into the series against the Jazz, uh, mm-hmm. you know there, there's some people looking at similar numbers say, man, you know the Jazz have to bench Rudy Gobert. No, you don't bench your best player or your second best right, player right. or your third best player. And the Jazz didn't win the series, but those last three games were much more competitive. He played much better. The, the answer here is right. Capella has to play much better.
0: Right. Yeah, right. yeah. so one of the things All that's in- happening, so we talked for a year about, oh, well, had Chris Paul not gotten hurt, had Chris Paul not gotten hurt. But let's talk about the other variable, which is two. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, Iguodala missed the last four games of that series. The other thing is, is that Draymond Green was injured. Um, he had a bad shoulder and a bad hip. Um, Draymond Green is now healthy and in great shape. And he is the big, I mean, overall, the Rockets or the uh, Warriors have put in a defensive strategy that is aimed at taking Capella away. It's not just Draymond Green. Um, they're rotating guys in. Um, they're really doing it. But Draymond is a big factor in what he's being able to do. Um, so we have a healthy Draymond Green. And a healthy Andre Iguodala. Jackie, talk about a stat that blew me away. Mm -hmm. Iguodala leads
1: the playoffs in dunks so far. I know. Isn't that unbelievable? But see, and I honestly think that Iggy being out last time is almost as important as the fact that Draymond was hurt. No lie. Because we were talking about this the other day. We've talked so much this year about load management, right? And what Toronto did with Kawhi Leonard, because Kawhi Leonard's and his people, I guess, insisted upon it, right? I'm assuming. I'm assuming that's how this went. That's why he sat all those games. I don't think they insisted
0: life. on it. I just think that they were, they did not want the reason that Kawhi would leave them at the end of the year to be anything near what happened with San Antonio—that they didn't take care of him. Okay,
1: so I, I think, think we, was, But I think we can all agree they took that to the nth degree. Yes, right? for sure. But for sure, right? But so, but the real, to me, the real example of load management is Andre Iguodala. The way they used him during the regular season, the amount of minutes they played him—that to me, this is the optimal example of why it works. And look, I mean, because you—he know, looks like 25 years old right now, doesn't he? He's unbelievable. So I know, Dray- I mean, Draymond's the obvious answer, but I think, I, I think it's—you uh, shouldn't walk to look past Iguodala either. I think it's the two of them really.
2: Well, and it's yeah, interesting, it's, it's, it's the two of them combined the with the
1: fact that they overall have played
0: pretty well as a team, but go ahead. Go ahead, McMahon.
2: Yeah. Game six against the Clippers. They, they go small. They put Draymond at center, but they start Sean Livingston. They don't start Iguadala. Why do they do that? Because they want Iguadala guarding Lou Williams, who obviously makes the Clippers go. Game one against the Warriors. Iguadala's in the starting lineup. He's on, uh, he's on James Harden. So not only is he this, you know, springy finisher, he's, he's shooting the three pretty well, um, but he is their, he is the head of the snake of their defense, and then you know uh, Draymond Green's obviously uh, to to continue that little analogy, the, the rattler. I mean, what what those two have done uh, with the with the Harden capella combination is is I mean they, they've got it they've got the Rockets pretty out of sorts.
0: One thing I'm that I'm sure. seeing in this series, you know, I remember when uh, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this at the time, but when I saw the Rockets in now the infamous Scott Foster game. Um, but when I saw the Rockets uh, play in LA in person right after the All Star break,
2: it blew yeah, me you away. You got to how- be a little more specific on, on on the infamous Scott Foster game. They <laughs> yes, they think right. Game Seven, not in LA. <laughs> go on. Yes,
0: they're very clear. They're about their Game Seven. By the way, Jackie, have you ever seen a team go to the? Uh, I'd, I'd like to to call shenanigans to use the McMullen line um, mm-hmm. on releasing
1: an audit of a game eleven months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't like that either, and um, I, I I think I don't know when, but some somewhere along the way, that's going to come back to bite them. I don't know when, yeah. but sometime it will. Mm-hmm. That was an that, extraordinary yeah. step. Extraordinary. I, I can't yeah, that, ever remember.
0: That and I that think it was happening.
1: a misstep. Uh, was I agree. Misstep.
0: I agree.
2: By the way, there's some um, people within the Rockets that agree with you on that.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: well, I, I do think it was interesting.
0: Far. Post, you know. By the way, um, before I get into something about Chris Paul. I because uh, because I flipped out earlier this week, I think. Uh, I heard the about reaction, this
1: I heard about this Brian Winhorst. You, um, go, the you reaction, go, man. The
0: the the reaction everybody had across the board in that game was very encouraging to me. As discouraged as I was about things, um, on Monday, to see the Warriors and the Rockets tone everything down and Scott Foster himself, who was, was like very, a who was yeah. who was in the wallpaper uh, he was like a wallflower in that game. He only made a handful of calls, and nothing demonstrative at all, very low-key. Uh, I did think it was funny after the game that both Mike D'Antoni and James Harden said, who's making an issue with the official of, an, of the officials? Like, they <laughs> yeah. tried to distance themselves from it. And I was the like, oh, I don't Haskell. know. Yeah. Um, but, um, but so I, I just want to say that I don't think it'll last, but... I think everybody evaluated it and realized that this had gotten out of line, and I respected the way the Warriors, Rockets, and the officials, all three teams, because there are three teams on the court at all times, Mm -hmm. people forget that, uh, all treated uh, that game. And there was a quick technical that was given in the game to Draymond Green, and the NBA correctly rescinded it by basically... Yeah,
2: Draymond uh, and Nene, but Draymond's the the one that matters, yeah.
0: Right, the next morning. So I think everybody... Were was wonderful and act like professionals in that game, and let's make it the start of something, even though I'm sure it won't be. Um, but anyway, back to that game after the All-Star break, uh, Tim, I was blown away by how good Chris Paul looked, and it excited me for the second half of the season for the Rockets because I thought he looked so much so you know quick and and explosive uh and that you know the rehab that he did after that hamstring injury really helped him and he looked lean and and agile and um i just you know watching him in person i was i really was was pleased with that development Uh, now and i guess you know could be i don't know if he's feeling any effects of an injury i don't know if it's the end of the season he's worn down a little bit i don't know if it's that the uh Warriors just know him so well and know his spots that they're taking it away. I don't know if it's age 34 and he's lost that half a step. Uh, he can't get to his spots. And when he does get to his spots, he can't get to his spots in time to, to get a shot off cleanly. And I think in game one, he only had nine shots, maybe 10. Um, and that's another fact that's happening in this series. They have really focused in on Capella and really slowing down Chris. And I don't think Chris, maybe he's not able, maybe he's not, maybe he's got an injury he's not talking about, but I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, you watch him all year long.
2: You know, I also think he's just expending a lot of energy defensively. And I thought he was, and you know, the Rockets as a whole, but especially Chris Paul and Eric Gordon, I thought were awesome defensively in the jazz series. And obviously, you know, no matter who his primary assignment is, in this series, he's going to have uh, his hands full defensively. I I, I think that is uh, part of it. But look, that, I mean, at th- at this point in his career on this team, Chris Paul is a complimentary offensive player. You know, he he plays off of James Harden, and then it, it, his his primary offensive job is for the in the playoffs eight to ten minutes that Harden rests to to run that second unit. And I feel like he actually did that. Way. I mean, if you remember, when Harden's back there making sure his eyeballs are still attached, the Rockets uh-huh. actually trimmed the deficit from, uh, I believe, from 9 to 5. So, you know, they actually made up some ground. So I, I thought that he did his job well in that regard. But, you know, it's it, it, the Rockets, for better or worse, uh, are just so reliant on James Harden to be historically dominant that, you know, I, I don't, Necessarily look at Chris right now and say, "Man, something's off with him." No, that's just who he is right now. That that that's his role what? on this team. You know, he's if may. he's an efficient sixteen point eight assist guy, then that's he's doing his job.
1: If I may uh, intercede, I think one of the things that perhaps Brian is referring to is when, because I've been watching the series, obviously not so much scoring, but he's turned the ball over. How,
2: yes, I don't know how many now, that's over. true.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's really turning the ball over. He doesn't, like, the one thing I always loved about watching Chris Paul play was, um, you know, his, his distribution of the ball. He was like your prototypical point guard. And by that I mean mm-hmm. in total command of the game, floor general. You go here, you go there. I'm going to get you the best possible pass and put it right where you want it. And uh, and I'm not going to cough up the ball. That's the part that I see that, that I don't understand.
2: Now, and that's a great point. I, and I do completely agree with you there. And to me, for all the other stuff, the primary reason that the Rockets lost Game Two is because they came out and got their lunch money taken from them in the first quarter. They came turned out and turned it over did four of the turnovers. first five
0: possessions. Yeah, exactly. yeah, can't, nine can't turnovers the in the
2: quarter. Yeah, fourteen nothing advantage and points off uh, of turnovers in that quarter. Uh, yeah, and you know, you, you spot the Warriors a double figure lead, and that's a that's a tough way to do business. And it was Chris Paul. It was James Harden, you know, I mean, it, it was all of them, but it, you know, especially to see, and some of Chris's turnovers, a couple of his turnovers were just like indecisive, you know, whoops, let me throw the ball somewhere. Next thing you know, it's essentially an outlet pass, uh, for the Warriors. So that I thought was uncharacteristic. I thought that was, uh, you know, I don't know if the, if the Rockets spent too much energy worrying about officiating and, and not playing, but I also think it was the Warriors basically heard all this stuff about officiating and said, okay, you, you got to deal with us too. And uh, they came out ready to play game two, and I felt like the Rockets uh, did not.
0: Well, one of the things I feel like Houston has done a good job with is they're putting Steph Curry in matchup situations that he's having a difficult time handling. And he's getting some, he's getting into foul trouble because he's doing some hand fighting because he's in bad matchups, and he has been off of his game because of foul trouble. This has been something that's been going on for a while with, with yeah, him. Um, yeah, it but never makes really sense it is. to me, Brian.
1: Right? But does it make any sense to you, Brian? He's such a smart player, such a savvy player. Some of the fouls he you have, you, you just look at him and you go, "What are you doing?" You know, Same with the turnovers, Jackie. He throws yeah. some passes. Where yeah, it's just like, so funny. Yeah, it's so funny to me.
2: But, uh, they, and the Rockets but he's would not say the, some of the fouls that weren't called on him in, down late in the uh, in game. That's one. true. <laughs>
1: that I mean, you I, want, I would keep you, doing.
0: Yeah, I, what I would say is, you know, if, 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 I'm forgetting. I don't. I don't care about a game where they miss 27 free throws or 27 straight three pointers. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. You you don't deserve to win a game like that. But. Um, in game one, that one call along the sideline, where uh, it was a minute ten left, where they said that right. um, uh, this this happened after we did the podcast on Monday. The last two minute report came out and said that Steph should have been called for a block on that possession. Now we, I don't advocate, I, yeah, I don't advocate for there to be a whistle every time there's contact. But in that particular moment, the Rockets turned the ball over right. because Harden got blocked. And basically sort of lost his momentum and stepped out of bounds. That right there is a legitimate complaint that they, that had the Rockets, uh, voiced that and pointed to that, I would have been way more on their side. Cause not only would it have been his sixth foul and he wouldn't have been in the game, um, but it cost him possession in a four point game, I believe it was, with uh, a minute ten remaining.
2: Right. That and then of course he, complaint. he drills that. That key three over Nene, which, again, gets back to, man, Capello had a rough game if Nene's in there right. uh, at that point. And there was another one. It was, it was before the last two-minute report, and I don't know if there was necessarily a foul on or not, but I remember there's uh, he got matched up on Eric Gordon. Gordon's trying to go to the bucket, and I was amazed with how physical and how aggressive Steph was playing defensively with five fouls late in a close game
0: yeah, yeah um, that is definitely an issue when he has not been very good the first two games. I mean if you're a uh, Rockets fan, that's a positive although you're also afraid that is
2: it your O2 are O2 and he hadn't well, even played well yet.
0: That's true. but I mean I I've covered a handful of series when the O2 teams come back and won. Now granted it is rare, but I've seen it. But Jackie, uh, sitting in Oracle Arena um, with the visiting team, trying their, their best and coming up short is, uh, is something I'm very familiar with over the years and it just <laughs> it feels the same as it does for anybody. It just, they don't really
1: have enough. Maybe they
0: can pull some magic but they don't.
1: Right. Although, I don't really you know, enough. I'm always, I've covered so many of these in so many years where teams look completely overmatched and then they go home and they win a game and then they steal a game because they're home in game four and then all of a sudden here we are. So, you know, I mean, I was sitting at, you know, Paul Pierce is telling everybody that the bucks Celtics series is over after game one. And <laughs> are you kidding me? Right. They got destroyed in game two. And now everybody thinks it's over because the Celtics have no chance. So <sighs> I feel like we have to have a little levity.
0: So earlier this week, um, there was a, a box that arrived at my house while I was on the road um, from 1-800-Flowers um, addressed to my wife and uh she immediately called me and immediately sent me a photo of these beautiful red roses that they had sent to her i didn't know they were sending them don't tell anybody we'll make it sound like i did it 1-800 flowers just did me a solid and sent it to me sent it to my wife they were fantastic she put them in two different vases there were 24 red roses and they bloomed beautifully and they made me look really good. And you want to be the one who looks good um, with all of the women in your life this Mother's Day. So absolutely do not settle for anything less than those big, bright bouquets from 1-800-Flowers.com. They've got amazing offers on the Mother's Day bouquets and arrangements starting at just twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, they've also got a selection of sweets, treats, of course, any different arrangement of flowers, everything you need for Mother's Day at 1-800-Flowers. Um, and by the way, you can kind of do it late, um, and she'll never know how good of a deal you got at the last minute. Um, You have to make sure you can lock in this offer, though. Uh, They're only good while supplies last, and people are going to be running on these because it's going to be a word-of-mouth campaign. Trust me. This is what I'm doing to you now. I have them in my house uh, at this moment, and I'm telling people about them. Uh, Just pick your delivery date and let 1-800-Flowers handle the rest. Trust. 1-800 1-800 flowers to make your mom and all the other mothers in your life, your sister, your wife of course, um, make them feel loved at 1-800flowers.com. To get these beautiful and vibrant Mother's Day bouquets starting at $29.99, go to 1-800flowers.com and then click on the radio icon and you can get the deal by entering the code, by entering the code HOOP. H-O-O-P. Order today and say that one eight hundred flowers com code hoop. Well, let's let's uh, pivot to that series. Um, uh, I gotta say, um, I, I'm trying to debate whether I should uh, have this rant right now. No, I'm not. am not gonna. I'm gonna save that. Um,
2: when in doubt, <laughs> run your mouth.
0: Yeah, that's what they teach. Oh. That's what they taught you. Um, I continue to be impressed way. by Giannis. Um, I continue to have a firm belief that avoiding injury, he's going to own the league. Um, He's got very limited playoff experience. This is his third career playoff series. Um, His demeanor and his comments after they got down 1-0 was exactly what I wanted to see. Jackie, I don't know if you know what I'm referring to. I Um, I do. And he went out and he hasn't been awesome yet in this series, but... Uh, I was completely impressed by him saying that and I was completely impressed by the Bucks' response
1: to, to that as well. I have to tell you, I was, you know, I've been around the Bucks a little bit this year. Um, I wanted to go, I think I told you guys, I wanted to see them in Milwaukee. I just thought we should be good. It's the best best record in the NBA. i got to go, go see them play. So I did. I was working on a Celtics story, so it, it actually was fortuitous because they were playing in Chicago and Milwaukee, so I went to both places. And... I was around them for shoot-around. You know, it's good to be around a team for two days, right? Just to see. You pick up little things. And the one thing that I walked away so impressed was with was how Giannis leads. And he's not he's not in their face, but his voice matters. I, and I'll give you just a little snippet if I can. We're, we're at shoot-around, and I was talking with, I don't remember, maybe, he might have even been Thon Maker before he got traded. And... and Giannis was doing his work, whatever, and people were milling around. And then he said, guys, it's time to go. And I swear to you, everybody stopped on a dime, picked up their stuff, and got off they went. And it's it's just a little nuance, but it tells me how much in command of that locker room he is and the respect he has. And I think part of it is because he's not a particularly um, self-promoting guy, I wouldn't say. Um, from what I understand, he's reticent right to do big, long, sit-down interviews. I think his teammates appreciate that. And, uh, and you're right. You learn so much more about these guys after losses than you do after wins. There's, there's no question about it. And just on the, on the floor, you know, I thought there was some reticence for that team. To your point, they're a little inexperienced. And then, you know, he just made up his mind. You know what? Yeah, they're bringing all these bodies on me. I'm going to play through contact. And he w- he goes from ten free throw attempts in game one to eighteen free throw attempts in game two. And to your point, we haven't even seen the best of it yet. He had I think he had
0: ten in the first quarter or eight in the first quarter. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he very clearly and, you know, came out with a game plan. He was rewarded by the officials. They saw what he was
1: doing. But yeah, yeah. Um, and it also helped that Chris Mill- when Chris Middleton shoots well and Bledsoe shoots well, you guys know this. It opens it up, right? If you get that three point shot going, then it, it, it's not so easy to clog up the paint the way the Celtics did in the first game. They need Marcus yeah. Smart back in a big hurry because Chris Middleton is a Celtics killer and, and Marcus Smart's the only one that's had any kind of limited success against him. They
0: actually did okay with him in the regular season. They really, in the regular season, let Giannis go and mm-hmm. focused on Middleton. Um, right. They only played three times in the regular season. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. I, I, the, I really don't know, uh, reg- regardless of what our man Paul Pierce said, I really don't know what's going to happen with this series. I'm genuinely up in the air. Yeah, I really do believe it could go either way. And I'm not sure that Game 3 will tell us everything. We may have to wait until Game 4 to see how the Bucks react if they get
1: behind 2-1. Or um, Game
2: 7.
0: That's what happened it last just, year.
1: Honest to God, it could be anything with the Celtics. It could be anything. And, and you know, it was so funny. I, I said to Paul, "When why on earth would you say this about this being over? I said, you know as well as I do... The Celtics could go out in game two and shoot 30%, <laughs> and I was pretty close. And, and anyone that watched this team all year understands that. Like, you talk about a make-or-miss league. When the Celtics start missing, it's contagious, and, and there's a reason for it. It's because in that third quarter of game two, they start going iso. They come down. I think I told you this once before, Brian. When I'm sitting at home watching them, if I'm not on the road with them, I start counting. Zero, zero, one, one. That's how many passes they make before they shoot. And when it's zero or one, they get a bad shot. When it's two, three, or four, they get a good shot. And it's so basic, it's so simple. But they, the minute they get behind, they they are not the best team facing adversity, and they have this tendency to to revert to old ISO habits. And, and Kyrie's guilty of this as well. And you know, I, I can get us back. Don't worry, guys. I got this. I'm going to come down and do you know my miraculous things and. They, they can't win that way. Can't win that well,
0: way. Well, and, and Tatum has played more like
1: that this year, and not to his benefit he's a, as well. Yeah, he's, and, he's on uh, a bad stretch. This is not you know people are paying attention now because it's the playoffs, but this has been a year-long problem for them. He just he, he you know he has not made that huge next step, and uh, you know there was a lot of attention on Jalen Brown early in the year because as we all remember, he was struggling so mighty they yanked him from the starting lineup. He's been marvelous for months now. He's been really. He's he's really turned it around. He's had a a very strong finish here, and and Tatum just hasn't been able to put it together. Tatum impressed me so much last year.
0: Oh
1: yeah, I was sold on his future. Sold on his future. And remember, he's only twenty or twenty-one years old. There's you know there's there's a learning curve here, and he was affected just like all those other young guys from. Okay, I dunked on LeBron's head. I am the star of this team. Well, Kyrie's back, and so is Gordon Hayward, and, you know, you, you think you're better than Gordon Hayward, and you probably are, but not quite yet, right? This is, there's a, you have to, you have to earn your minutes, you have to take the next step forward, and I don't know if you guys watch those Kobe detail things that he's doing for ESPN, I watch them, I find them very helpful, because I learn s- something every day. When he talks about spacing, he did one with Kyrie Irving, and he was talking about spacing, And every time he's like, well, here's Kyrie. These two guys are converging here. Now, this would be so much better if Jason Tatum was just over here. And then he's like, and in this one, if Jason Tatum would just go here. And, you know, Kobe worked with Jason Tatum all summer. And it seemed to me every time that he broke something down with Kyrie, what he didn't like was where Jason Tatum was standing, you know, that his spacing was wrong. I thought that was interesting. And I think he did a Jason Tatum detail
0: last year. And Tatum, like, immediately admitted that he watched it and... I think, like the day it came out, he said he watched it. I think he might even—I'm doing this totally out of, out of memory. He mm-hmm. might even said he watched it twice, and so I would assume that he absolutely watched it based sure. on last year. And I mean, the I, problem is he's watched know.
1: that LeBron dunk 480 times. <laughs> well, a lot—you know—a lot of people have dunked on LeBron over the years. Um, it's only worth two points, um, right? It's a pretty cool thing. I get that, but like. I just, And I'm not going to give up on Jason Tatum because he's got incredible talent. He's a, he's a nice kid. He wants to win. I, I don't know. It's, but they're, they're a wild card. They're still a wild card, the Celtics. They have been from he, beginning to end.
2: Tatum is the least efficient ISO player in the NBA.
1: Yep. That statistically speaking. That does
2: not surprise speaking. me, too. But that's a great 0. stat. 0.63 points per possession. As far as guys who had 60-plus ISO possessions, that's the worst in the league.
1: You know they've talked to him time and time again about don't take the one step in and take the worst shot in basketball these days, which is the long mid-range two. Yes. Let's let's get you to take the three. You know, don't take the step in, and but he's just more comfortable with that, and you know he's going to learn. He's, I'm not you, know, you don't give up on Jason Tatum for crying out loud. He's going you know, to. That's what good.
0: happened in uh, in game one of this series. The Celtics took a lot of shots from the mid-range. And they and I win. certainly have I, I certainly have been won over like a lot of people have, and the value of that three-point shot. I mean, you watch the Rockets basically stay in the game with a three-pointer um, mm-hmm. in game two. Um, they were being really completely dominated, and just because they were able to hit those threes, they stayed in the game, right. I and mean, clearly there's a huge advantage. But I, I kind of am feeling like uh, I'm with Greg Popovich here. Um, there are great available two-pointers out there.
1: Um, of course. Al Horford and, off a of pick and roll all day every day. I mean, he yeah, can and hit the that Celtics shot.
0: did really well with those in Game One, and then I think
1: kind of went away from it in Game Two. But well, you know what um, happened though, Brian? You know what happened? Milwaukee started switching on the pick and roll, made a huge difference. They started switching off that. You know, usually they just stay home, they play one on one. They were switching off of those, and like for instance, Kyrie, all of a sudden he's trying to shoot over Chris Middleton. Uh, it was a really good adjustment. You know, everybody's always ragging on Budenholzer. Oh, he doesn't adjust. He's he panics. You know, he he made a that was a very good adjustment in game two. Very important so, um, adjustment. Yeah. So I really don't have. I really don't know what's going to happen with that
0: series. It's going to be. It's going to be a real toss-up. I I believe. I, I I still think at the top end, the Celtics, when they're actually at their best, I I think they probably are, can be the best team in the East. But we just, as Jackie said, really just we don't know. When that's coming, or if it's coming, and that's gotta be a frustrating thing for their whole organization. Oh. Um, uh,
2: e from Entourage. What did I, is that okay? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, Sorry.
0: Are you, are you okay? Are you drugged right now? <laughs> <Andrew>? <laughs> I mean, like, that's like, are you on like a, <laughs> a, I was gonna
1: say, are you <laughs> on like a 30
2: minute delay? <laughs> what
0: are you doing, Dancer? <laughs> how much wine, how much wine did you have? My God.
2: <laughs> and let me oh, ask you this, priceless. Jackie if it yes, was Vinny chase would you have taken the drink
1: i would have politely said no to any man that's buying me offering to buy me a drink almost unless the bartender does and then i'm like okay that's cool it's just my it's just i don't know it's just my
2: i was gonna say what if it's andrew the Hahn, but he's never bought anybody a drink in his life
0: well i oh, respect that is jackie's opinion on that but i know you're taking a drink from anybody mcmahon because you're so damn cheap Oh. There's
2: a little cheapness to me. I will. I, I do will, buy drinks. I, I prefer. I prefer the term thrifty.
1: <laughs> I bought the drink. I bought the drink of the guy next to me, didn't I, Andrew? The guy that had been. He had a very sad story, and he seems to got his life together. And he was good company while I was waiting for the Han. So I bought him a drink. It's better that way. That was Jack Nicholson, by the way. She bought the drink. now if he offered to buy me a drink I would check to see what he put in it but I would I I did want to send out some best wishes to Danny Ainge who had a a mild heart attack uh, in Milwaukee and uh, I want to wish him well and his, his wife and you know this is the second time this has happened for Danny they're saying it's a very mild heart attack but take it easy Danny and your team will go on just get yourself well if I can just say that
0: Yeah, um, the Celtics put out a statement this morning uh, talking about it. um, Very uh, that'll uh, that'll rally you because uh, um, it's easy it's easy to to, to lose perspective on things. Um, You bet, you bet. So so best wishes to Danny. I Hope you are feeling well, and hope to see you out there at a game when you're better. Right, Um, exactly. So big game tonight in Philadelphia. Uh, Huge win. For the Sixers in in Game Two, Embiid uh, is not only got the bulky knee, but is sick. Really that's, doesn't.
2: That's
0: By Just the way, uh, Jackie had a wonder. You know, if we didn't get a chance to mention this because it came out between podcasts. But Jackie had a wonderful story on Joel Embiid um, that she which she wrote. that came out. What day did that come out, Jackie? Monday or I can't Tuesday. Remember. I don't know. Um, it feels like a anyway. It's years ago. uh <laughs> It's a really good, it's really good insight into where Joel's head is right now because uh, she spent some time with him during the last round as he was dealing with uh, this knee injury and uh, how frustrating it is it's been for him and what he's fighting through. So please, uh, please go check that out. It's enjoyable. Um, just, just really thought Philly was in trouble. Uh you know, Toronto was great in game one. They finally get a big game one performance. Kawhi looked great. Joel doesn't look like himself. Um, Hugh, win of the season, without question, for Philadelphia. Probably the best win in most of those guys' careers.
1: Right.
0: Um, certainly the young Butler. guys. Uh, Jimmy Butler with some huge shots down the stretch. I mean, this is the enigma that is Jimmy Butler. He... he he's a disruptor in every sense of the word um you know he's he's the type of guy that can that when everything's peaceful can create problems but when there are problems he can make things peaceful
1: jackie (laughs) it's so true i spent about four days with those guys and one thing we can put to rest is remember when he initially came and Embiid was starting to saying i you know I, I, I guess I'm a spacer now, remember? He was very unhappy mm-hmm. with his oh, role yes. when Butler first got there. and That was and not a I bad impression, he, by the way. That was thank okay. You. Thank you. And I think, um, I think I'm the most stop, unstoppable player in the league. And uh, Anyway, and I think there was some friction between the two of them initially because I think Embiid was just skeptical from everything he had heard as Butler came in. I can tell you those guys are having a blast together. So whatever initial you know questions they had about each other has been answered and one of the things joel told me when i was there was look i know what it's like in late games i've followed the history of the game it's hard for big men down the stretch to dominate he has to be our closer and this was before they this is before this game this is the last series and he said i'm totally comfortable with that we need that to happen and i've told jimmy that and and he's right McMahon, uh, your buddy
0: Tim Bontemps came on this here podcast this week and predicted that the Raptors would win the title. Um, and then the Raptors went out and really they did not play well and laid an egg. Uh, oh, the cooler. Game.
1: Tim Bontemps, the cooler, we'll call him now. He was the like cooler. Like Alex Rodriguez.
2: I call him a lot worse than that. <laughs> I mean, uh, old Bontemps, he, he's, I guess he feels so good about his bold predictions after the Lakers didn't make the playoffs that he's, he's heat-checking on that. That's a... Uh, <laughs> that, that's that's going out there, though. That, that is going out there. Let, I don't... I'm not convinced they win this series, so the whole... He says win the whole thing, the whole title, or just make the finals. That's correct. All right, well, wow. I'm skeptical. I would probably put them fourth on my Eastern Conference power rankings right now, but...
0: Really? We well, say, well, that ah, I take a whoa, objection to. Yeah, I think they're... Well, all, I, I think with the top that. land, they're awesome.
1: I'd put Philly fourth, it, but it's not like by a mile. Um, I think mm-hmm. the Raptors Well, it's really just because of Embiid, right? right? I mean, Embiid is the problem. And it's their just depth. Like when he's healthy, yes. yeah. When he's healthy. Well, they don't have Mike Scott. Yeah, Mike Scott. You know, pe- people are like, well, what, who cares if he's not there? They do. They care a lot. It makes a big difference. And the other thing that's happened in this series is they can't play Boban because they put Marcus Gasol in the game, and he draws him so far from the basket. Bobon can't guard Marcus Gasol out there, so he's not. So he, you know, you can't put him in this series either. So now you got to play Amir Johnson. Or Greg Monroe, who got hurt. And I don't know what his status is right now. Uh, and 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 Scott was hoping to play tonight. I don't, right. I don't know, know if we have an
0: update on that. Yeah. And uh, Philadelphia doesn't uh, shoot. Although, there was a funny little thing that happened today. So I, I was a little bit behind on this. But um, you guys will both appreciate this as veterans. So apparently, the Raptors did not have shoot-around uh, for Game 1 of their series. Or maybe it was Game 2. Um when there's day, when there's days to prepare, sometimes they'll let the guys sleep in or whatever. Uh, well, Kawhi apparently commandeered the court and made the Sixers wait to have their shoot around because he was having a private shoot around of his own. Um, oh. so apparently today in Philadelphia, this is according to the reporters who were there, apparently today in Philadelphia, the, the, six, the Sixers never have home shoot around. So it's not unusual. Uh, but they've also had a couple of days off and, uh, and so the Raptors were made to wait because Kawhi – I'm sorry, not Kawhi. Jimmy Butler commandeered the court for his own personal shooter around There
1: you go. I love um,
0: it. Little tit-for-tat. Little
1: Tit-for-tat.
0: Little uh, – the good the goose is whatever is what, – what's that phrase? Goose and gander, McMahon? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Um, I figured that would be a Texas phrase. Um, so I thought that was a little interesting little, little – little back and forth that they're having there and jimmy loves that stuff jimmy loves getting under people's skin even if they're his own teammates
1: yeah he loves chaos and you know Joel's a little bit like that too and so you know i was it's funny for like joel even in the previous series in brooklyn he was struggling with that knee too but then the the little incident happened where he knocked down um jared allen and then you know dudley pushes him and just look what he did after that he went he went berserk and he's that kind of guy too those guys, they, they thrive on that. You know, LeBron thrives on chaos, right? He's another guy that does. Yeah, LeBron kind of
0: does it more more passive-aggressive ways. Um, mm-hmm. Jimmy, I think, is aggressive-aggressive. <laughs> yeah, you know, great. he doesn't,
2: I don't think... Well, he, Jimmy he, and Joel, I can see why they get along. They're both trolls. And I, yeah, and I mean that in the most complimentary sense, but they right, both yeah. love pissing <laughs> that, That's a troll, off.
0: complimenting a troll right there. <laughs> <their> Absolutely. <man. laughs>
1: that's great. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Joel likes it. You know, he's at his happiest when he's when he's, you know, on TNT saying he's a nobody, you know, about, about Dudley. So I mean, you or, know, Or or how it's many times
2: how many times has he pressed send on a tweet or an Instagram and, you know, pumped his fist immediately afterwards?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, so one thing I will say, this is gonna be a huge challenge for Toronto, is that when Philly has had their starting five together and they've been on their home court um, those are two things that have not aligned that much. Those guys have been hard to deal with, uh, right. and that was one of the things that was from game one that was so alarming from the Sixers' point of view was that their that was that their starters got pounded in mm-hmm. that first game. Um, that was not the case in game two, and so that's you know you know Toronto's bench is uh, is deeper. Uh, although right. they're missing O.G. Ananobi, which uh, affects yeah, they what right. they can do defensively especially. But, uh, you know what I thought was Philly interesting? Philly is in, in position that? to send a message tonight.
1: Yeah, I thought that game, too, the one thing that I thought was interesting was Embiid was, was guarding Siakam in that game. And uh, I, thi- I, the, I think he shot 6 for 16 when Embiid was guarding him, 38%. Because Siakam's important to them now. He's a young guy who doesn't talk about. He doesn't have a ton of experience. Period. Never mind playoff experience. He mm-hmm. you know, hasn't been playing basketball that long. And Embiid, of course, is. You know, they're both from Cameroon. and Embiid's his hero, and uh, and you know, Embiid did a really good job on him in game two. I really expect Toronto to play Gasol more. I think it opens up things for them. And I, I'd be surprised if Nick Nurse doesn't doesn't utilize Gasol a little more and a little more effectively.
0: Oh, this is your official reminder. I know you can forget that, you know, we all know that Mother's Day is sometime in May. um, But let me give you a piece of advice. Remember, Sunday, May 12th, that's coming up fast. I'm letting you know right now, as I would appreciate people to let me know, so that you don't have any excuses if you're rushing for a gift at the last minute. Make your mom proud and show her you care with something sweet and unique. If you're like me and wondering what you should get her, or any of those moms in your life, head over to edible.com and check out some of the great options the folks at edible arrangements have. They can make anything from chocolate dipped strawberry boxes all the way to handcrafted fruit arrangements. They're delicious, easy to share, and bring people together. Trust me, it's something that the whole family, your whole Mother's Day gathering can enjoy. Not to mention, Edible only uses high-quality ingredients. So no matter what you get, it'll be made with the freshest fruit available and dipped in rich, indulgent chocolate. With Mother's Day-themed arrangements and fruit boxes, it'll be a gift to remember. Again, Sunday, May 12th, coming up. Don't get caught scrambling at the last minute. Order yours online today at edible.com and have it delivered or stop by a store for same-day pickup. It's that easy. Uh, so last night we had a, um, another, the uh, sort of the the forgotten series, uh, the little brother series, as I've been calling wow. it. Um, well, what do you want me to say? Uh, Portland, offensive. Denver. Portland, Denver. Portland with a with a comeback victory. Uh, well, not not comeback in the game, but a bounce back from uh, from losing game one. Um, and. Uh, this is a. When I watch these two teams play, um, I you can feel I don't I don't how do I phrase this? You can it feels like they're both trying to. It's, it feels like they're both kind of just trying to figure it out. It's kind of like a bit of a mess at times. Um, I don't it, it's it I'm, I'm not doing a good job of describing it, but it just feels like neither one of them are completely confident in what they're doing. They're just trying to put it together. And I just feel like that way when when I watched Denver through the first round. I just never felt like you know, there were different guys stepping up in different situations. They were changing the lineup. Sometimes Jokic was super involved, sometimes he wasn't. Um you know, Portland is just rotating all these guys. I mean, last night Portland got huge shots from Rodney Hood who,
2: who would has have thunk been
0: a, it? who's been a poster child of of a guy who who had never hit a big shot in his NBA career. Almost, I mean, he did have a kind of in a defining situation. Had a role, had a had a really good game in Game Four of the NBA Finals last year when there was no stakes. Um, he just couldn't do anything for the Cavs last year in his in those playoffs, and the, you know, and he just vanishes and he he comes up with it. And Canner is being held together with. You know, injections Ductive. and shoulder harnesses, and he had a big game. And, um, uh, they're just, they're just both just in an all out struggle to get it done. And, uh, it doesn't make always for the most beautiful basketball, but I mean, I gotta take my hat off. I mean, Cantor and, and Hood, two guys who weren't even a part of this team at the start of the season, you know, Canner off the scrap heap, the, the, the Blazers basically traded two second round picks. You know, no. You know, the Cavs didn't want Hood anymore. Nobody wanted him in free agency. Um, you know, they basically just sort of took a flyer on him, and they're just they're getting it done. I mean, I, I I'm I, I know it sounds like I'm dismissive, but I'm I respect it. McMahon.
1: Cantor's been unbelievable,
0: right? Cantor
1: is yeah, just-
2: Cantor from can't play Cantor to what he's been doing in these playoffs it, you do have to give him credit. You know, I, I actually thought Game One of that series was was pretty basketball. It was really fun to watch. Last night was kind of a slog, and it was interesting to hear Jokic say afterwards, basically, you know, they didn't play that well. They can play a lot better than that. They still beat us, but, you know.
0: Right, that's what I mean. I just I just felt like n- neither team was really doing anything right. It just, they were just sort of hanging on. I don't know. Maybe I'm not describing it correctly.
1: Well, but, I mean, the Blazers, again, I mean, uh, the Nuggets, they're they're a little bit like the Celtics. When they miss shots, things go haywire, and they missed everything. There was a series at the end of the game where there was a miss, a tip, a tip, another miss, a miss. I'm like, my goodness. They, they couldn't I mean, it was a little bit of an outlier, I've got to believe. Do you remember the possession I'm talking about at the very end of the game? I think they had six shots at the basket.
2: Yeah. And they, and they were two inches with Will Barton going to the line.
1: Right. It, they just wouldn't, you know, this is the, I mean, they just really, really struggle. Because when they're on, is there anything more beautiful than watching Jamal Murray and, and Nikola Jokic in the pick and roll? It's the most beautiful thing. The chemistry the two of them have. It's so much fun. And that that was certainly not happening.
0: Um, yeah, Jokic got asked about their chemistry after game one. Jokic is an interesting character he really doesn't i don't think he dislikes the media like on a personal level but he just dislikes that this is a part of his job Mm -hmm. i think he i think he really would just prefer if he could play in the nba and then somehow teleport home to serbia i can't remember the name of his hometown but he lives in a relatively small town in serbia and just live with his buddies and his family and his horses and never be bothered um it's kind of like uh arvita sabonis um like he Arvita Sabonis hasn't given an interview in a decade and I think decided he's never giving another interview again. They don't care if his son wins the MVP award, he's not given an interview. And that's well, kind of so may I tell you can I tell you yeah. something?
1: He did do an interview for basketball a love story. However, Ooh, let me tell you wow. No, but but here's the thing. His English was so bad it it, it you could bear, our our good friend Frank Isola did the interview. But um you know, he just his English was so poor, or even either, either that or he was pretending his English was so poor that it was of little use. By the way, Jokic is from Sambor, Serbia. Right, Sambor. It's his Yes. He
0: he he can't wait to get back there. He just he's yes, he's talked yeah. about this. He just wants he's even even joked that as soon as this contract is over, he's going back to Sambor. Um But um he's he was joking the other day, like he's like, Stop asking me about our chemistry. I'm going to give you the quote again. Everybody, write it down and just use this quote. Uh, I love him. We're great together, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that just wasn't the case last night. Also, Jamal Murray um, hampered. Um, Jackie, is it is that thigh or the, is that thigh injury from that pick from Pirtle in the yes. last round? Is that it the is. same injury?
1: It is. Yeah, it's and it's, it's, key, it's it, just, it was.
0: He was like really favoring it at times yeah, last
1: yeah. night. Only shot six of yeah. eighteen in the game. I think right. No, that's right, and that you know, you guys, if, if you've had a thigh, you know what that's like. It's almost like you've been you've been calcified, and your 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 thigh is like a piece of marble, and it's it's really painful, and it's really hard to loosen up. It's really hard to keep it so that you can move, and uh, and you know, so much of Jamal's game obviously is cutting and moving and. So it's well. I, I but, you know, I've often play said everybody's hurt. Everybody's hurt. Like right. you can't. Well, can't and he'll tell you about yeah, can't yeah. can't Right. I mean, that's I always, it. like I've, everybody's got somebody. You
0: know. I've often said there's only three kinds of um, of, uh, of of Blazers games. There's games where both guards play well. There's guards where there's and they almost always win. There's guards where one of the well, there's games where one of the guards play well and then it gets like fifty fifty. And then there's games where both guys play poorly and they lose. And, you know, the reason I say that is because, you know, as they they play late, and although I'm on the West Coast a lot, I don't get to see them that much. And I will look at the box scores the next day, and that's how I evaluate a lot of their games. And last night, both guards played poorly on the road in a playoff game. Lillard was 5 of 17, 1 of 7 from 3. McCollum 8 of 20, which is okay but on a night when Lillard goes 5 of 17, that's uh, a formula for a loss. They only scored 97 points against a team that's usually an, a juggernaut offensively. And they come out with a win. Yeah. So, that's uh, not a pretty Denver game. Was, but, so. yeah, but 1 1 advantage Blazers. Um, uh, and this was the situation that Denver was in, in the last round. It was like, well. San Antonio got their win. There's no way these inexperienced Nuggets who are terrible on the road are going to go into San Antonio and get a win. And then then San Antonio won game three, and we were like, all right, this is going to be San Antonio-Portland the next round. And Denver came back and uh, won four and five and and established control of the series. And we could be in a situation like that again, where they could be tested like that again. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're we're seeing Jokic develop – playoff chops before our eyes mm-hmm. and he he was he was he was okay last night he uh i think he had 14 rebounds um yeah really 16
2: 14 and 7
1: yeah but he had a bad game i mean you can yeah. you can you can, um, you can th- their numbers are, are fine but he, he, he had bad game he was another one that made just an un- like what are you doing foul when um, you know, he missed a shot. And mm-hmm. I forget who it was coming down the floor. And he just grabbed across him. i like, "What are you doing?" It's like your second foul. What are you, guy? What are you doing? You know, I don't get these there, guys. there. Was also almost a fight last night. It was kind of a mini little thing that
0: mm-hmm. was kind of it was a, it was a really interesting little moment. So is a free throw at the end of the game in the final minute, and I don't remember what Jok- Jokic may have just been angry at, gen- at General Ennis Cantorness. And the free throw <laughs> went in, and Cantor, uh, who knows what he did to get on Jokic's skin, but Jokic shoved Cantor. And I think Cantor was kind of flopping.
2: Yeah, Cantor then, flopped right into Tory Craig, who right, got his so then face Craig. busted up earlier in the game. Right, so
0: Torrey Craig broke his nose earlier in the game, and they just threw on whatever generic plastic mask they could put on him so it wasn't even and fitting and shoved
2: him as right. much gauze up at his, as they could fit he didn't actually break right. it
0: by the way he didn't oh, actually he didn't?
2: break
0: it no okay it Well, was, uh, it, might, it might have been broken on this because Canner yeah. flies into his head and knocks him down and if you didn't see it you would have thought that Canner just purposely ran into him in a cheap shot although again I, he was kind of flopping of course it's easy for me to say I've never been shoved by Jokic, you know, but Jokic's shove right. has some power behind it. <laughs> and then there was a little thing where guys got into it on the court and it, it came there was a timeout called so there was a whole bunch of people on the court. Um, but that could have been an interesting little little moment. So um, we'll be well, watching that. Be-
2: another one of those professional trolls too.
0: Yes. Oh my true. god,
1: he's elite level.
2: Well, yeah. remember I mean, he's too he's though. Up there with remember the also
1: but remember also trolled, Jamal and Jamal Murray. Remember, he got into it with Kyrie Irving. He got into it with. Remember, he dribbled the around Lakers. Lonzo Ball. Uh-huh. Yeah, so oh, yeah. he's he's not backing down from anybody either. Right. That was when Kyrie did Kyrie punt the ball into the stands. I can't remember. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, he that threw was, it. Uh, did he punt it? I thought he just tossed threw it. It, but punt he, it. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. The ball you know, he ended, he ended up in row
2: it. twenty-eight. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, he's not backing down from anybody.
0: Uh. Jackie, do you have an opinion on the um, Mavericks hiring Gerson Rosas as the, uh, the Timberwolves? Um, the Mavericks did last I'm about sorry. a week and a half.
2: I apologize,
0: that's a Freudian right. slip, right? Uh, uh, Timberwolves. Timberwolves.
1: Um, well, I trust Woj in these matters, and he thinks highly of him, and he knows him much better than I do. Um, I, I think you know from what I I I know was that the, the I know they were talking to Chauncey, right? They then? did interview Chauncey, yeah.
0: They interviewed yeah, Chauncey. They interviewed Trajan.
1: By the way, Trajan Langdon is going to be a GM in this league sooner
0: be. rather than later. He's with – Alaska. Um, Alaska's finest. From Alaska, Alaska and was a star in Russia after his yes. NBA career didn't go great. He's uh, Sean Marks' top uh, guy, uh, lieutenant. How no, is he? In, okay. in Brooklyn. Um, McMahon uh, – Gerson's interviewed for like six or seven GM jobs the last two, three years. I mean, yeah, I feel he's like a there's a
2: shorter list of teams he hasn't interviewed with than, than he did, but I mean, he's, he's ready for this. He's been a big part of, you know, the, the Rockets, uh, success and their roster tinkering over the right. years. It's a, it's a big challenge though, because, you know, he inherits a team with, let's be honest, Andrew Wiggins on a max deal. And that's a pretty large obstacle.
1: I was just going to say, it's just ownership. If I'm him, I'm worried about the ownership. It's the same old story there, isn't it? Yeah. Um,
0: so one thing I think, I think um, I think John Kay from uh, The Athletic uh, reported this, but I had also heard that McHale, Kevin McHale, who is very close with uh, Glenn Taylor, the owner, was a big advocate of his behind the scenes. Um like uh when and you know,
1: uh Kevin was there.
0: When Kevin was he's the head coach of the Rockets. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. I even heard there was a possibility that maybe Kevin could I mean he probably already will be whether it's officially or unofficially but he may even be an option to be a consultant there um going forward. So um I I, McMahon, I think he interviewed in New Orleans, Washington and Minnesota <laughs> just this off season. So it was probably just a matter of time before he got a chance to. And when he got hired in Dallas, he was he was not going to be number one. He was going to be under. Yeah, he was Donnie the GM, Nelson. but he
2: was under Donnie Nelson. There was some friction there, and then Cuban came with came. Well, we hired him uh, on a ninety day trial period. That was that was. <laughs> Who uh, hires GMs on a ninety day no. trial? This, like, come on, get the hell! And yes, yeah, so we gave him all. We gave him complete access to our organization, then sent him back to one of our rivals, just how right. we planned.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. By I'm the way, curious. it's been. A, it's, I was going to say, I'm just curious about with Ross. It's all about you know he's an anal- analytics guy, and what do the numbers tell you about Minnesota and your in your nucleus, right?
2: Mm.
1: I mean, yeah, what I do, not quite you, good. like like what do the analytics tell you about, for instance, Derek Rose, who had a very fine year, but is he? Do you you know? Here's well, the crazy annoying, thing so. about
0: here's the thing about Derek oh, Rose in in sort of the more recent since he's left the bulls when you watch and this year he's obviously spectacular but for various reasons derrick rose's play doesn't always lead to success for his team on the court no, his plus right. minus numbers have just not been good even you know this year he looked he looked great but you know the i don't think that the analytics are going to be kind to him however he did start shooting the three miraculously
1: and out of nowhere this year um well speaking of trolls this year was higher than his mvp year his three point right. percentage was higher than his MVP year. You know, well, I mean, his three point, point percentage is
0: just a stunning turn of events this late in his career. Um, yeah. Speaking of trolls, uh, hmm. Daryl Morey gets troll of the freaking year, <laughs> troll of the month at the very <laughs> least. He trolled Scott. He he trolled Steve Kerr when mm-hmm. uh, you know Kerr did the. Uh, by the Popped way, this wasn't well, exactly a fine. A, f- a fine th- moment in history with that
1: fake flop that occurred. Yeah, in, I don't like that either. I
2: don't like that stuff. Well, and then he, as he walked off, he flopped like off of like six or seven reporters. So yeah, that yeah. that was a, that was a, uh, that was a retaliatory troll by right. By
0: That's fine. Uh, he retaliated against Mark Cuban. Cuban um, tweeted something. He tweeted a lot of things, actually, by the way. Jackie Mark Cuban tw- actively tweeting about officiating in another series and challenging let him have it on the jump
1: I let him have it on the jump for that very thing
0: challenging okay. the the league's um, intestinal fortitude on the last two-minute report what would David stern you know you want to know why the officiating oh. got got this what would David Stern have done if an if an owner of a team was publicly criticized the officiating and challenging the the league's leaders in the last two-minute report of a series he wasn't even involved in.
2: Yeah, yeah from fighting.
0: his couch. From yes. his couch.
2: It's ridiculous. Like, one criticism of Adam Silver is that he lets himself get bullied by owners and executives and players. And I mean, it's it's, it's a pretty soft... I don't soft know if he lets himself NBA. get...
0: Yeah, I don't know if he lets himself get bullied, but he basically doesn't enforce.
2: It is so, soft on Crime League office for sure.
0: Oh, absolutely! So, and nothing, no, no, no fine. I don't even know if he got a reprimand because he was tweeting again the next day.
1: That's unbelievable. So, I mean, I said on the jump, like he it, it reminds me of of LeBron in this way. Like when you when he's not when he's not involved in it, it's like he misses the attention or something, and he's got to mm-hmm. insert himself. And that's what. It yeah.
0: Felt well, like anyway, him. so he so he clapped back at, at, at uh, Cuban and made a reference to 2006. So. Um, yeah. If you come after Daryl, get ready for him to come. Oh, I love Daryl.
1: Daryl's a lot of fun.
0: All right. Well, we are going to wrap it up here. Uh, What? Thank you, Jack.
2: Yeah, I got to go to work. What about Cajonas' factor player of the month? Uh,
0: Is that on the docket, Andrew? Hahn?
2: Uh, No, it's not on the docket. It is not on the docket today. Um, that's, so this is what happens.
1: Yo, I gotta run, man. I gotta, I gotta go get Jeez. ready for the jumps. All right, I love all right, Jackie. All right, guys. I'm glad all you right, had fun. I, I dream, I dream of the day that the four of us are in a room together in a bar, winning a trivia contest. That's my dream. Oh, be fantastic. All right, McMahon. Tri- uh, Cajones factor for April
0: will be awarded next week. By next Thursday, it's more we'll,
2: disrespectful than I when I got banned from the LA podcast when I was in LA.
0: That's true. That's true. <laughs> the question is, will we still be working this series next Thursday? Ooh.
2: That's mm. a good
1: Ooh, question.
0: Mm. I'm going uh, to Denver. I think
1: I'm going to go to Denver early next week. I'm going to go to Denver to check out that. What did you call it? The Little Brother series? I'm going to go check it out. The
0: Little Brother series.
1: I'm going
0: next Yes, I'm probably. Good. Jack is going. That's true. It must be the Big Brother series. When she, she arrives, it'll be the Big Brother series. All right. Thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the NBA. Bye guys.
2: See you. Adios amigos.